0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 6 how the Spirit of God is striving with man like an umpire on the field of life, comforting us in truth, but also rebuking, reproving, and judging our lives of sin and relational wrongs with Him. Now, as we approach Christmas time, we have so much to be thankful for. The Friendship with God radio program is thankful for your listenership and we hope that you are enjoying this Old Testament expository preaching and teaching from our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Now we cannot continue to air this Bible teaching program on this station if you don't support it and so we would like to ask that if you would consider making a one-time or even a small monthly contribution to support Friendship with God, we'll keep Tom Cantor's tremendous Bible teaching messages airing for you to listen to and grow in your friendship with God. Now you can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org or you can donate by calling us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. We also want to remind you that Tom Cantor also has a bookstore with all of his writings, tracks, DVDs, and teaching. And if you'd like to order any of Tom Cantor's materials, you can do so by going online to friendshipwithgod.org. Now, here's Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher on friendship with God.
1: King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of, oh, they name them here, Noabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, Hittites, of the nations, which the Lord said, You shall not go unto them, neither shall you come unto you. For surely, she says, God said, surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave to them in love, clave unto these in love. Wasn't as though he, he said, "Well, look, you know, I think I'll just have a thousand, you know, uh, wives and concubines over here, so I'll really look like I'm very powerful." It says he clave to them, in love, and he had it goes to numbers and verse four. And it came to pass with Solomon's old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God. This poor fellow had, was yoked with one against a thousand, know, <laughs> pulling his neck the wrong way. He really had a sore neck, and Verse 5, Solomon went after and names them. Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians. Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And verse 6, Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse 7, Solomon built a high place for Chemish, the abomination of Moab. For Moloch, it says, the abomination of the children of Ammon. Likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed to their gods. Verse ten, and had commanded him, God had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord had commanded. This is tragic. This is very, very tragic. What we're reading now. Now you look, please, if you would, to Nehemiah thirteen twenty six. Nehemiah thirteen twenty six. All these places in the Bible. Sorry, Nehemiah thirteen twenty six. And this is here, Nehemiah, and he's speaking, he's speaking now to the the children of Israel, and he's telling them, because they were doing this in his day, and he's saying to them, why are we here, he could say this, why are we here rebuilding this temple? Because the first one was destroyed. And so, in, he's saying, did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Why? Because did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations, was there no king like him? So if you think you're immune to falling, there was no king like Solomon. And he fell by these things. Who was beloved of his God, and God made a king over all of Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. He lost the kingdom over his love life. His strange wives did this to Solomon. Look at, it's not very far, Ezra. Ezra chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. We're tracking here the downfall of Israel. Ezra 9, 1 through 2. Now, when these things were done, the princes came to me, saying, The people of Israel, and the priests, and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the land, doing according to their abominations. And list them again Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and the Amorites. Verse 2 For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed the sons of God. The holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. That's what we're talking about in Genesis 6. The holy seed has mingled themselves. Yea, in the hand of the princes and rulers have been chief from this trespass. Okay, now, oh, so many verses, sorry. if have turned back to Nehemiah 13 again. Um, Nehemiah 13, verse 23. It says again, In those days also saw I Jews that had married wives of Ashdod, Ammon, Moab, and their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod and could not speak in the Jews' language, according to the language of each people. Contended, I contended with them, verse 25. I cursed them. I smote certain of them. And I plucked off their hair. Oh boy, you wouldn't want to be around him at that time. He was mad we're talking about nehemiah yet what he's do, and he said made them swear by god saying you shall not give your daughters unto their sons nor take their daughters unto your sons or for yourselves did not solomon king of israel sin by these things so forth okay this is the reason why there was a king who did more to provoke god to anger than any other king and that king as you know. And I'll read it to you, so you don't have to turn. it. So okay, it's in 1 Kings sixteen thirty one. It says, It came to pass as a a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, that took Jezebel, he took Jezebel to wife. See, we're talking about Ahab. So he takes Jezebel to wife, and she's the daughter of the king, the, uh, one of the kings of, of the Zidonians. And then he worships Baal. And he leads Israel into this horrible thing. And it says in 1 Kings 16.33, Ahab made a grove. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings that were before him. What a reputation. And then, of course, how can we talk about this without talking about Samson? What a sad tragedy Samson's life was. And so if you look at Judges through 2 we have Samson, God's judge, God's man, uh, on the stage. And it's re, read about him. Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman. Boy, doesn't that remind us of Genesis 6 again. He saw a woman uh, in Timnath, of the daughters of Philistines, and he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman. Sounds a little bit different from Abraham who would say, I have chosen a woman for you. But he came and said to his parents, I have saw a woman, I've seen a woman, Timneth. And then he says to, her, says to his parents, get her for me, to wife. Now, we know what happened to Samson and how he ended up with Delilah, who put his eyes out.
0: We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, on Friendship with God in just one moment. Now, our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, is not just a teacher, pastor, scientist, CEO and 2009 Whistleblower of the Year Award recipient winner. He is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, a Jewish evangelism ministry that has reached millions of lost Jewish people around the world, from the U.S. to South America to Israel. And we've reached them with the gospel and Jewish materials so that they too might be saved. Now, Tom Cantor is a Jewish born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to reach other Tom Cantors that need to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We do that through free gospel gifts and messages that we offer for free. You can help us by supporting this Bible teaching radio program by calling us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051.
1: What's really, really, this was the thing that really got to Samson. I mean, there's a lot of things got to Samson. When he lost his eyes, and if you look at Judges 16:28, his last words, the last words of Samson as he's dying, or before he's going to die, and he says in Judges 16, 28, and Samson called out to the Lord and said, oh Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once." oh God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistine for what? For my two eyes. For my two eyes. Through wrong marriages, Samson, remember three S's with Samson. Forget about the fact that the name of his starts with an S. But Samson lost his sight. He lost his strength. And tragically, he lost his service for God. This was all because of wrong marriages. Now, turn back to Genesis 6, and we find here that these wrong marriages were going on, and it says there, right in the next verse, in verse 6, that this was a matter that God, that God decided to strive with man. Verse 6, 3. I mean, chapter 6, verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. It's an amazing picture here of God the Spirit striving with man. I mean, you know, this verse is saying, my spirit shall strive with man. Just that it's not always, but my spirit, my spirit shall strive with man. God's spirit was striving with man. So the word "dune" used here. It's a very interesting one. It's used 25 times in the Old Testament, this word strive, used. 18 of those times that it's used in the Old Testament from the context of the uh, translators gave it the word judge, or judgment, or judges, or something like that. Judge. The word has the meaning of the umpire, or of umpire. So picture an umpire at a game of baseball. Now, in a civilized game of baseball, (laughs) whether whether it's a pitch or a play at a plate, everyone may have their opinions about what it was, but... Everyone in a civilized game looks to the umpire and he's the one who calls strike, ball, safe, out. That's the umpire. And if it's civilized, everybody says, okay, that's the way it is. That's a very instructive picture for us of the Holy Spirit. Turn to John chapter 16. And this is a place I want you to keep your place in because we're going to be coming back to it. John chapter 16 in verses 7 through 14. Because here we're, we're speaking now about... God, the Holy Spirit, God, the Spirit, striving with man, and we have these very instructive uh, words here from the Lord Jesus Christ about God, the Spirit, the Striver with man, in John sixteen, seven through fourteen. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth; it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him. Unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove or rebuke the world for, of sin and righteousness and judgment. Sin, because they believe not on me. Righteousness, because I go to my Father. You see me no more. Judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Now in these verses, we see the wonderful work of the Holy Spirit. What is wonderful work? It's the work of striving. It's the work of rebuking. It says he will, what does it say? He will reprove that's the word that's used. He will repube, he'll reprove. He will rebuke. He will disapprove. He will judge. He will umpire. And most of the time, when he calls the shots, it's going to be, you're out. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> All right? Because in this role where he's there disapproving or umpiring, what is his title in verse 17? Verse 7 Comforter. So I don't get it. Why is the disapprover, the umpire who's calling it mainly bad, why does he have the title of comforter? So keep your place in John 16 and turn to John 18. Turn to John 18, verse 37. An amazing picture here in John eighteen 37. I'll read this, eighteen thirty-seven. Pilate, and keep your place, 16, anyway. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that's of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them all, I find in him no fault at all. So there stood, what a scene, there stood the Lord Jesus Christ. How did he look? as he was standing there before Pilate, he'd just come back from the scourging. He was bloody. His back was lacerated from the whipping of the cat of nine tails as he stands there (laughs) condemned to be crucified. And we can imagine maybe small pools, drops at least, of blood collecting around his feet as he's standing there before Roman, the ruler, Pilate. And this is Pilate's time. This is the time when Pilate has his conversation one-on-one with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Pilate asks him, are you a king? And he tells Pilate, yes, in essence, yes, I'm a king. Imagine that. Pilate sitting there, he's the king. He's arrayed in these, in these clothes and total protection. The centurions are giving him all the security that he needs. And he asks him, he's thinking in his mind, what kind of a king is this? He stands here beaten, bloody, ready to go to his own execution. And the reality was, that's the only king that that was, was the king who recruits the members of his kingdom from prisoners who are on death row, on their way to hell. And this is the king who pays for the crimes of the prisoners by his own death. That's who this king is. The only king who does that. Is the one who finds these prisoners who are on death row. And the followers of his followers are the ones who heard him say to the jailer, Let him out. I've paid for his crimes. That's the king. But then he says to Pilate that he is a king, came to earth to bear witness of the truth. And Pilate wonders, what truth could he be talking about? And the truth he was referring to could not have been more graphic than the condition of his body that was there in front of Pilate because the condition of his body was so dramatic was speaking the truth that he was referring to. In other words, his body and the way he looked was like he was saying to Pilate, Pilate, you see the condition I'm in? Pilate, do you see how beaten and bruised and bloodied I am right now in front of you? Pilate, what you are seeing right now is speaking the truth. And I came here to speak this truth. What was the truth that his beaten body was speaking up there? The truth, and if you want to turn to Isaiah 53, this is the truth that was being spoken by his broken body there, is Isaiah 53, 4. You know these verses. It says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yeah, we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was bearing witness to Pilate at that time. The truth that Pilate and every person needs to know. And again, he was saying to Pilate, Pilate, do you see in my body these wounds? They are for your transgressions. Pilate, do you see in my body these bruises? They are for your iniquities, Pilate. Pilate, do you see in this body these stripes on my back, the marks of the cat of nine tails? Do you see that? They are the deserved punishments so that you can have peace with God. Pilate, I'm in this condition because the Lord has laid on me your iniquities. Pilate, all you see now, all you can see is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. That's all you see. Someone stricken, must be stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. Who knows? But Pilate, right now, I am bearing your griefs. Right now, Pilate, I am carrying your sorrows. And I'm speaking to your soul. That's what that body was saying to Pilate. And this is the truth, Pilate. This is the truth. So what does he say? 38. Pilate says, truth? What's truth? And he says, and then he turns and he says, all I can say is, I find in him no fault at all. Pilate missed the truth. And unfortunately, that's the way most see the Lord Jesus Christ today. Unfortunately, the world concludes with Pilate that they don't see anything wrong with the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't find any fault in him at all. But they also don't find any fault in themselves as well. And as for the truth of why he was beaten, tortured, and killed, that truth, that he died for their sins, they walk away and say, what truth? What is truth? And Pilate and most of the world walk away from the cross. And all the truth that it speaks... And they turn from that light into a darkness of rejection with the phrase, what is truth? And the what is truth darkness is a hard life. It's a painful life. To live in the what is truth darkness is not easy. It's not painless. It's not without a deep throbbing agony. Why is the what is truth darkness so hard, so painful, so agonizing? Because it's a life without an umpire. It's a life without, without an authority saying, right, that's right, wrong, that's wrong. And when the umpire comes, there's relief and there's comfort because he stops the what is truth darkness and the umpire comes and that's why he's called the comforter because he comforts he stops all that hardness all that pain all that agony of what is the truth life and so we further see in john sixteen seven that the lord jesus christ seeing the pain seeing the agony of the what is truth life he says the umpire is a comforter and what does the what does the comforter umpire do he starts, he's got a lot to say is wrong so he, he rebukes and reproves and he says you're wrong Wrong, 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 wrong. And he strives with man. My spirit shall not always strive. My spirit shall strive with man. First, he strives over sin. What sin? The greatest sin, which is John 16, 9. The sin of not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it the greatest sin? Because it's the greatest gift that God gave. And so to reject that greatest gift is to incur his greatest wrath. Second, the Spirit of God strives with man over the meaning of the resurrection. What's the meaning of the resurrection? Righteousness. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, you see me no more. Why was the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead? Isaiah 53, 11. For he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many who bear their iniquities. God the Father evaluated the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he had one word, satisfied. And because he was satisfied, he called him righteous, righteous servant. Paul put it in Romans 3, 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Third, the Spirit of God strives with man over judgment. Judgment because the prince of this world is judged. The devil at the cross was a defeated foe. For this purpose... The Son of God was manifested, 1 John 3, 8, that he might destroy, literally it means disintegrate or dissolve the works of the devil. Now, these are the things the Holy Spirit does as he strives. And to yield ourselves to God is to be guided into all truth. And the first truth is, he shall not speak of himself. So that's what we're told. He glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? You come into a meeting, a church service, and the folk, if the focus is on the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is doing this, and the Holy Spirit did that, and whoo, over here the Holy Spirit is doing something else, and he's taking control of the body, and he's taking control of the tongue, and this is the work of the Holy Spirit. You go to this meeting, you're going to get a double bo- dose of the Holy Ghost. And when you see that and the Holy Spirit takes the center stage of the meeting. And people are talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. You know what? That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the work of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it says in John sixteen thirteen, the Holy Spirit shall not speak of Himself. So if everyone is speaking about the Holy Spirit, you know that He's not at work in that meeting. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see a meeting, where all the emphasis is on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you walk in and say, oh, how wonderful is the Lord Jesus Christ, how great is the Lord Jesus Christ, then you know that the Holy Spirit was at work at that meeting. Why? Because of John 16, 14. He shall glorify me. My spirit shall not always strive with man. That's the definition of hell. No more striving. No more umpire no more restraining. This word strive has the meaning of hold down. Remember what, God, remember what God told to the king who had taken Sarah for his wife? I, even I, have kept thee back from sinning against me. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. How can we thank you enough for the precious Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, that you sent? Thank you, Lord. He guides us into truth. He guides us in the truth, Lord Jesus, of who you are and what you've done for us. Help us, Lord, to be willingly guided by him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Another fantastic message from Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program as we've studied the scriptures of Genesis chapter 22 with Abraham and Isaac. We want to encourage you to support this Bible teaching radio program by going online to friendshipwithgod.org to donate one time or calling us at 800-247-3051. We can set you up for a one-time donation or a monthly reoccurring donation which helps us to continue airing on this station in this city. Again, 800 800- 247 3051. That's 800 247 3051. You can call us right now, or you can mail in your donation or even an encouraging note or letter to Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher, by writing to Friendship with God. That's P.O. Box 711 330. That's Friendship with God. P.O. Box 711 330. T, California. That's S A N T E E. Santee, California, 92071. And again, that's Friendship with God, P.O. Box 711 330, Santee, California, 92071. Or again, call us at 800 247 3051. And we'd like to encourage you to go online to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for Tom Cantor's Daily Devotional Verse that'll come to your phone or to your email. And you can also find Tom Cantor's Daily Devotional Verse on Facebook. Just search for Tom Cantor, Friendship with God, and you can also find Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook. You can receive your daily devotional verse through Facebook, Friendship with God, Tom Cantor, or Israel Restoration Ministries all on Facebook. Or for more information, again, call us at 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow at this same time.